sisters and brothers in Christ, in addition to this gospel, uh, I want to also continue and uh, read for you. I'm going to preach on all three of these lessons, but I also want to add a few verses that come right after the gospel. Right after the gospel, Jesus uh, says this. He says, he says it again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my own sheep know me in the same way that the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them too, so that they will recognize my voice, and we will be one flock and one shepherd. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I have three things to share for you. The uh, three are in bold print on the outline in your bulletin today uh, from God's Word. First of all, why we need a good shepherd to lead us and guide us through this sin-sick world we live in, where there's so much injustice and inequity, uh, simply a life that isn't fair. We need a good shepherd. Second of all, why it is the voice of the Good Shepherd, particularly, that is what leads us, and how that voice of the Good Shepherd has to shout over all the lies of culture, which the voices of culture, which are bombarding us in these days. And then finally, why we are called upon by the Good Shepherd to take that voice into our neighborhoods. I find it very interesting that in the book of Revelation, you know I love that book, uh, that Christ is referred to in chapters 4 and 5 as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then in chapter 6, it says, And the Lamb has become our shepherd. And so I found this cute little verse here. Huh? Mary had a little lamb, and he became our shepherd. Yeah. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world has become the good shepherd, our good shepherd. Well, my fellow lambs, my fellow sheep in the flock of the good shepherd, we need to understand that we too need to become shepherds in this wilderness world of sin. We need to shepherd those uh, who are around us by our witness, by our words, by our actions, by the spirit of servanthood that we display. We are to shepherd them to the still waters of God's grace and love to the green pastures of eternal hope so that one day there will be only one flock and one shepherd and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Huh? Stuff from the 23rd Psalm that we all love. Now next weekend here at St. Paul's is going to be everyone a missionary emphasis and with the leading of Pastor Greg Finke's book we're going to focus on how to take the Good Shepherd into our neighborhoods. And we will take the advice of St. Peter in our epistle lesson for today when he reminds us Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live, rise up to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, Peter says, for you were, here it is, straying like sheep but have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Straying like sheep. Boy, I'll say. Just like when Peter wrote those first century Christians, today we stray. We stray. 
There is so much injustice, unfair living, inequity, and it shouldn't surprise us. It's been that way since Adam and Eve. The Bible is full of stories of people being treated unjustly. You remember young David in the Old Testament, how he defeated Goliath and destroyed the Philistine army and became so popular that he became the focus of jealousy by King Saul, so much so that for a decade, King Saul sought to find David to kill him. And David, for a decade, had to run and hide in caves, right? He didn't deserve it. It wasn't fair, but it happened. Or Joseph, you know, Joseph didn't ask to be his father's favorite. But when it turned out that way, his brothers got jealous and sold him into slavery to the Midianites. He ended up in Egypt in prison. It wasn't fair. He didn't deserve it, but it happened. The Christian church is being attacked today on many fronts. It isn't right. It isn't fair. I'm a little ticked off, quite frankly, by our nation's path away from God, away from the Good Shepherd. It's just not right, but it's happening. So join the club in this world. Life is not fair. Today, we stray. And now, of course, we have 7 billion people in the world trying to live with injustice and inequity and unfairness, division, self-centered aggression. Yeah, aggression. Maybe you've heard the phrase, I don't get mad, I get even. Huh? Maybe you've said it. It's like the fellow who was bitten by a dog, and a stray dog, and later goes to the doctor and finds out he has rabies. And hearing this, the patient gets out a piece of paper and a pencil and starts writing things down. And the, the doctor thinks, oh my goodness, is he writing a will or something, giving special instructions to his, his family? And so he says to the man, he says, listen, man, don't get, so, don't get so worked up here. Rabies can be cured. Take it easy. You're not going to die. And the man said, oh, I know that. I'm just making a list of all the people I want to bite. <laughs> now, maybe you're chuckling a little bit at that, but a few of you are, al a few of you are already making your lists, right? <laughs> now, earlier I mentioned David and Joseph, but I left out Jesus. You know, there is no greater example than Jesus and how he lived in, uh, in an unjust circumstance, suffering unfairly, right? No better uh, illustration can we come up with than the way Jesus lived through injustice and unfairness. Peter says, Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. He left it up to God. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and rise up and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you are healed. Yes, I know that Christ's suffering was different than ours. And I realize that there does come a point when we just can't give in any further and, and we can't get walked on and rolled over by the world. But most of us are nowhere near that point. We're so quick to defend ourselves, to point blame at others, we're part of the fight-back generation, right? And yes, when was the last time you deliberately, for the glory of God, took it on the chin, turned the other cheek, kept your mouth shut, 
and gave God the glory. You see, it was because David refused to take vengeance upon King Saul that we remember his story to this day. And it is because Joseph was so willing to even forgive his brothers that we admire him to this day. And there's a Broadway musical about that amazing Technicolor dreamcoat that inspires even unbelievers. And now to the 21st century, to joining Jesus on his mission, to learn how to be an everyday missionary in our culture where there is so much injustice, so much unfairness, so much I'm not mad, I'm going to get even. Two weeks ago, Pastor Greminger told us how the river has moved, you know. The mission field is not only overseas any longer. The mission field is right here in Westlake, right here in our neighborhoods. Last week, Pastor Smith told us, you want to find out where the kingdom of God is today? It's right here among hurting people, people that have been treated unfairly, right in our families, in our neighborhoods, right? Among straying sheep. There was a day in the life of the Lord when he looked upon this whole situation, and uh, he used the shepherd image again. Remember when he saw his sin-sick culture all around him, and it says in the book of Matthew that, that uh, he had compassion, he had pity. The Greek word there is really gut-wrenching pity. It made him sick to his stomach. Why? Because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Right? I want to make sure we realize that joining Jesus on his mission means that we look at the world and see so many people that are like sheep without a shepherd straying. And our mission is to make sure that they hear the voice of the good shepherd. And that's not going to be easy. Why? Because there are so many voices screaming at us. And most of them are screaming lies at us, not the truth. Just go, go ahead and ask us senior citizens what the voice of eternal youth has to say. <laughs> Growing old is not for sissies, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you ask your friends and fellow members who have suffered heart attacks or heart disease what the voices of physical stamina have to say. Can't even get their breath. Oh, and the voices of energy and endless strength? You talk to the members or the family folks that you know who are living with cancer tissues in their bodies. Many will say, well, the voice of love is always worth listening to. Oh, yeah? Tell that to all the couples you know who are trying to hang on to a marriage that's going to pot. And the voices of security? See what good that voice does to people right in your neighborhood, maybe, who have lost their jobs or their IRAs or their businesses or their savings. Talk to young families who are kiboshed by sudden inflation, living from paycheck to paycheck and have their credit cards all maxed out. See what the voice of, if I can only get rich, has to say. And then there's the voice of life itself. Just ask the widows and the widowers, the fatherless and the motherless, what that voice says to them when their loved ones have died and now they're all alone. Ask that unborn fetus, wiped out by abortion 
or by a pill before they can even consider life outside the womb. Woke voices are out screaming the voice of the Good Shepherd. It's no wonder the sheep are straying. They can't even hear the shepherd's voice for the cacophony of lies. And that's why the good shepherd with gut-wrenching pity says, I gotta gather them so they'll recognize my voice. That's the only hope. Remember the parable of the man who had the hundred sheep? You can read about it in Luke 15. One of them got lost. That one sheep got lost, maybe by its own carelessness or some foolish distraction. And it would be easy for the shepherd at that point to say, well, I still got 99. At least no more have wandered off. But that's not the heart of the good shepherd. And it shouldn't be our heart either. The love of God should cause us never to be comfortable as there are one, if there is one lost sheep. Hence the premise behind Pastor Greg Finke's book, Joining Jesus on His Mission. We started reading this when the COVID shut us down. And we're bringing it back. We're even bringing back the author next week. And uh, Pastor Finke says, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs. The key to joining Jesus' mission is realizing we don't have to find a way to come out of our hectic lifestyle in order to have a missional life. Our hectic life is our missional life. Jesus already has us where he wants us to be in mission. We don't have to struggle or add another layer of volunteer hours to our lives in order for them to be missional. Our lives as they are are already missional. As we are going from one appointment to the next, the kingdom of God is already positioning us to notice people and talk with people and develop relationships. And then he goes on to say, sometimes responding to an opportunity means stepping aside to have more of a conversation or stepping in to lend a hand, right? But those opportunities usually end up lasting just minutes, not hours. And the kingdom comes and the will of the Father is done. Hence, Pastor Finke offers five missional principles. They're on the screen. Throughout his teaching, Pastor Finke says, and he will bring it to us next week, right here on the platform, these five things will get us tuned in to joining Jesus. First of all, simply seek the kingdom. Look at where the Lord is working in your life, and you will see there hurting people, straying sheep. They will be in your family. They will be among your friends. They will be with your co-workers. Right? Neighbors. Second of all, you've got to keep listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd. It's the only thing that will keep you on the right path in the lies that our world is throwing at you. Thirdly, you've got to be willing to talk to people. Develop missional relationships huh, with people all around you. And you've got to be willing to do good, to be a servant. Random acts of kindness, selfless love shown to people where they don't even expect it. And finally, you've got to pray. You've got to pray that the Holy Spirit will make use of your missional witness. You say, well, Pastor, I can't remember all those five things. Ah, yes, you can. You know, uh, our teachers, you know, when they teach the little kids 
the words to songs, they use hand motions, huh? So here you go, right? Seek the kingdom, listen to the word of God, speak to people, right? Do random acts of kindness and pray. There you have it. Oh, and one more thing. We're looking at the Good Shepherd Gospel reading and uh, the Epistle reading. We've already looked at those. But the reading from the book of Acts told about those Christians right after Pentecost, how they devoted themselves to the fellowship, to getting together, to encouraging one another, to building up what we could call missional, missional communities. Those first Pentecostal believers treasured their, the importance of their fellow sheep, the missional community that they were in, and so do we. We need to continue meeting together, not only like this, in this missional community, but in so many other groups that encourage us, right? The more this hostile culture that we live in gets towards the Christian movement in our land, the more we're going to need each other to pray together, to pool our resources, to encourage one another, to spur one another to good works, to be an everyday missionary for Jesus. The last slide. Remember the story of the little girl, maybe, that you heard about that was trying to recite the 23rd Psalm? And she got the first verse just a little bit wrong. But you know what? Maybe it wasn't so wrong. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. What else do I want? Will you bow your heads to pray? Lord of the church and God of our salvation, we praise you that you have come to us as a shepherd, gathering, leading, feeding, defending, protecting, making all that you have done for us uh, be the foundation upon which we now take your voice into the neighborhoods all around us. And so bless, O oh Lord, our coming together, especially next weekend for the uh, Saturday retreat. Pastor will tell us more about that. And for uh, Sunday's message. Give us, O oh Lord, an opportunity for reckless love, the opportunity to just do as you have done for us to those who are living around us. Be our good shepherd for Jesus' sake. What else do we want?